Hello everyone, this is Trevor with Tea Time Reports. I'm joined here by Brady, and we're going to be giving you all our preview of the Week 2 matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Chicago Bears at Raymond James Stadium. Uh, this is going to be a very fun game, in my opinion. But before we get into this game, um, Brady was not able to join us on our Week 1 recap uh, of the Bucks, so I did want to get his two cents and his opinion on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' Week 1 victory over Minnesota at Minnesota. So Brady, go ahead and take it away yeah. here. I know you had some thoughts. First, I just want to gloss over like our performance there. Obviously, the Vikings are a good team. They were a great team last year, but I mean they started 0-2 right now. Obviously, defensive problems, but still, with a new offense, new offensive coordinator, pretty much a whole new look for the Bucks and a new quarterback, we, we look good. Now, the first half, it was tough, you know, just some road bumps, you know. Uh, just slow start, honestly, that's all it was. Baker just not really being able to facilitate the ball and moving around to his receivers, but you see in the second half, he just turned up. I mean, started getting the ball out a little bit more comfortable, running the ball a little bit. Yeah. Just kind of started, just get, like I said, getting comfortable with his offense. And his confidence, we saw it peak in week one, mm-hmm. talking shit to the defensive and, backs. And that's... Baker's a player that plays off his emotions, and you want him to be confident in these situations, and you want him to be making those plays. And one thing that was highlighted by the media and like everything else was his running. He made a couple towards the end of the game. He made a couple crucial runs that he needed to make for us to win that game. Because I mean, it was a tight game, and for that one, I just want to throw out there the one where he stiff armed. I don't remember. Maybe it was like Dantzler or something. Stiff armed him, threw him into the. Sidelines and got a first down. Told him the to, game. Told him to get his weight up as yeah. well, which I, if you're getting stiff armed by Baker, yeah, you I mean, probably need to yeah. not start. Um, but no, Baker was like you said, slow at the start of that game. Really came into his own. I, I'm seeing some kind of chemistry with him and Mike Evans. Man, that deep throw for that touchdown, the go-ahead mm-hmm. touchdown, that was something else. What did you think about not only our defensive play but our offensive weapons supporting Baker? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously Mike Evans is a guy that's he's done it. First battle time and a time, time again. He's had a thousand yard season every single season of his career, and also Chris Godwin looked amazing, especially on the sidelines, just making those plays, getting those grabs on the sidelines, being there for Baker to be someone that can catch the ball on the sidelines. Um, I saw he was um, targeting Coquif a bit. I think if you get that target, that connection a little bit more developed over the year, that he can be a real star aside, alongside Kate Otten. Yeah. Both guys had... Kate Allen had a good game. And Rashad White... Uh, let me pull up his rushing stats. I know our rushing attack, you know, yeah. it's going to be a little lackluster due to the fact they're doing it by committee, but did you have the numbers for Rashad White? Yeah, so chance? Rashad White, he had 39 yards last game. It is, it's kind of committee, but I think Rashad White is our guy, number one guy coming in. But, I mean, obviously that's another guy, young guy, you got to get warmed up. Um, you got to get our line warmed up, too. We have younger guys on the line, such as Cody Mock. Yeah. Uh, we lost um, Jensen for the year. Yeah, we lost Jensen. We lost Donovan Smith. Who, I mean, that's not a huge. Honestly, Donovan Smith can be gone. Yeah, I'm glad. But uh, yeah, you, you see losses there. But another thing I wanted to talk about on the offensive side was um, Dave Canales, our new offensive coordinator, a guy who coached Geno Smith last year in his huge comeback. And who better to coach Baker Mayfield? And you, you can see after halftime, you can see a change in Baker's facts. His plays, I don't know, his confidence, like you said. Like, and then you but also, also his vision, too. You, you touched up on it before we even started the pod. Um, you know, he was telling everyone after halftime, yo, I know there's, I know there's signals. I know what the Vikings are calling. Like, and if, if Baker, and I'm not trying to shit on Baker, 
But if Baker figured it out in the middle of the game, the Vikings' defense is a serious problem yeah. this year. Like a serious, like bro, bottom two and type shit. Um, we're filming this on Friday, Thursday. Last night was the Eagles versus Vikings, and in the first half, obviously they came back. But in the first half, they were running over the Vikings' defense. So yeah. you can see. That's a problem with the Vikings. But it's also a little concerning that we weren't able to run over their defense in mm-hmm. Week 1, so that maybe says something more about our rush attack. Yeah. Um, but I think overall, I would give in Week 1, I know, you, you know we're a little, you're a little late on the review there, but what would you grade the, um, the, the offensive uh, performance? Honestly, because it's a new quarterback coming in, trying to feel out this offense, I'm going to give it a B. Plus, a B I'm just going to give it a B. Yeah. Just because it wasn't a crazy perform B plus, yeah, I'm gonna give it a B plus because it was the Vikings. Seventeen of thirty five, yeah. a little less than 180 passing yards, but he did have those two touchdowns. Baker played he made well. Made count. And like you said, we have a first ballot Hall of Famer in Mike Evans. We have a, a sure-handed, reliable slot receiver in Chris Godwin. And, and the name you didn't mention was Trey Palmer, yeah. who had a game. Yeah, great you know? rookie. And I, I agree with whatever everything you just said about the offense, and, but I didn't get your opinion yeah, on the defense. I, I did want to talk about the reason I. Touched the offense, did the offense first because obviously that was the main question mark. Facts. But our defense looks the same as it did last year and the year before. I mean, your stout defensive performance. Devin White in on every tackle. He's a hard nosed defender. He plays the game right. Yeah. And Levante David, those guys are two leaders that we need on our defense. Facts. And Levante the same way. But one crucial miss that we're going to have this week Carlton Davis, our lockdown defender. He's going to be out this year. I know, and you guys can, from week one to week two, you're going to be like, Carlton Davis, why? Why do you guys care so much? I know Justin Jefferson had 150 in the first half, but this defense held the Vikings to 17 points. The the same offense that in week two, I know, you know, this episode just came out after the Thursday night game, which we will get more in depth on later in this, uh, you know, later in the week, Um, but you see that this defense is actually solid, bro. Mm -hmm. Like... So, like they were, they performed better against the Vikings. And granted, they played at the one o'clock, and the Vikings just played prime time. Mm-hmm. They they played better than the Eagles' defense against the Vikings. True. I mean, when you actually break it down based on points, but you're right, Carlton Davis. When he came out in the second half, bro, he he locked mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson down, bro. He had like a catch in the second half. Yeah, and our defensive line. Um, I know you guys really like Yaya Diaby. I heard you guys were talking about him, but <clears throat> Kalijah Kansi. Yeah, Kalijah Kansi. I mean, we refueled our line in the draft, and secondary. That's really the only thing other than Carlton Davis. I mean, Jamel Dean. I think he's out. No, he he played. Oh, he did play. Okay, not great. Yeah, but Jamel Dean. He's always a fifty-fifty player. We also do have an undrafted rookie starting out of Rutgers. Yeah, he's, um, Izian, I believe. Yeah. Um, who had good plays against the Vikings. But then, you know, towards crunch hour in the red zone, he did he get that he gets that flag that pi and then he misses the tackle. He's a young player, so and that, that's what happens. Yeah. But I'm excited for that guy. You know, I, I really am. Um, but I guess we can kind of get yes. into the week two guesstimates and predictions um, based on the performance of the Buccaneers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in week one. Brady, what do you expect out of not only the offense but out of Todd Bowles? Because he had probably his best play-called game against the Vikings in his career. Yeah, and I'm not going to lie. This is really make-or-break, one-year deal. Kind of, I see it a year for Todd Bowles. Just because Arians came in and won the Super Bowl, and now Todd Bowles has had two years to kind of regroup. And I think this is his year right here to, to show what he has. And you touched it up perfectly. Bruce Arians comes in, wins the Super Bowl. Obviously, he has Todd, uh, Tom Brady, 
Gronkowski, a lot of those you know guys that Tom initially brought were there in, at that first year. But Todd Bowles has that same defense. Mm-hmm. Instead, in fact, it's gotten younger a little bit. And, you know, adjustments on the offensive side of the ball, like tight end and quarterback, but your key players are wide out. They've stayed. Mm-hmm. So there's no excuse. He is on the hot seat. But I will say this. Starting out right, going 1-0. Yep. Now we're at we're at home. The Bucks are at home yeah. in Week 2 at Raymond James. So it's an easy opponent. Yeah. No disrespect to the Bears, but an easy opponent. I, I would agree with Based that. Based upon their last game. I yeah. Mean, 20 points. Um, and they looked really... And you like to see that as a Bucks. You see Jordan Love, a guy who, not his first start, but a young quarterback, kind of in the same situation as Baker, where he's not, doesn't have a guarantee, I mean, he has a guaranteed spot, but you like to see a young quarterback. He's unproven in this system still. You like to see an unproven quarterback going against the team that you're about to play and crush him. I mean, three touchdowns on the air. This is the perfect mark right here for Baker to kind of develop his air his air game right here. Get some chemistry mm-hmm. with Godwin more, get some Evans. Get, you know, Evans especially. This is an Evans type game. But I really want to see you you pointed out it perfectly Coquift and Kate Otten. Get our tight ends involved. Utilize them out of the backfield. And you can see at the start of the game he was trying to, but he just wasn't really warmed up yet. And that's the one thing about Baker is his accuracy. His arm strength is not the question and never has been. His athleticism has never been the question. He has the arm strength. He has the pocket mobility. We saw it week one, getting outside, making those crucial runs. But it's his accuracy, mm-hmm. his decision-making. What we saw week one was a guy that may have been out of sync at the start of the game. But I'm used to seeing, and this is why this I'm, I'm low-key a little, week one shocked me. But he wasn't just throwing picks. He wasn't just throwing the triple coverage, which is what I was so used to seeing out of him. He was actually, you know what? If it if he was making a throw, it was either caught or a wide miss. And I'm okay with that for now. Like to trash talk Baker, but he's still a number one pick, and he had a great rookie year. I mean, obviously had some slump years, rest of the years. Beat but, the Steelers yeah. in the playoffs, the first Browns playoff win in like how long? Yeah. So uh, I mean, Baker can do it. He, he can. He's got the stuff. But yeah, moving on to this Bears game, uh, I want to talk about the Bears for a bit. All they really have in their offense is Fields. I mean, he's just trying to try. Like you see, last game they got locked up. He was just trying to do it all by himself. Chase Claypool was absent. DJ Moore was semi there. You know, Darnell Mooney is okay, but I just really think that uh, you're right. I think Justin Jeff, uh, Justin, excuse me, Justin Fields is still the offense of the Bears. They have done. And they didn't help him at all. No, it doesn't seem like they did. And he, I think if our defensive line pressures him enough, the same thing's going to happen with the Packers that did with us. High scoring game in our favor and. I mean, they might score a bit, but well, I don't honestly, see them. I don't see them winning. I don't see them winning. I agree with you. It could be a high-scoring affair, um, but I think our defense is better than mm-hmm. theirs, first of all, and I think that our defense has the For capability sure. that it just it just locked down one of the Bears' division rivals, the Minnesota Vikings, who has a way better offense. Why can't the Why can't the Bucks do the same? Mm-hmm. But you also put in the question a great point there. Jordan Love, unproven still, like Baker. You know he's you know had his chances, but he's still unproven type shit because he's just been tossed around the yep. league now the past two years. But can they actually hold our offense? I don't know. They didn't hold the Packers' offense. So in this season and, and what we've seen on this unit, I don't think they can hold a single defense. Even thirty-eight points. The Packers without their top receiver Christian Watson. I mean. We have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin against a first that, ballot against Hall of Famer secondary. I, I can't see anything other than a blowout. 
I I'm right there with you. Who are you thinking is going to have a big game on the Bucks offensive side of the ball? I definitely see Mike Evans getting over 120 uh, receiving yards, mm. and uh, I can see Godwin getting over 80 and a touchdown. Okay. But yeah, I, I see. I'm, honestly, with what we saw with the tight ends last game, I, I can see a couple catches out of them. But obviously, they're sharing the ball a little bit, Keith and Otten, but. Still, I mean, those guys are going to get their touches, and yeah. I'd like to see a bit more out of Rashad White. I mean, he got the carries that he had to last game, but he just didn't have the volume and the yards to back up, you know, what he's supposed to be for yeah. us. And, and do you yeah. think if he's not the guy, do you think we have a guy in Keyshawn Vaughn that could maybe take some of the load this year? Honestly, I, I think... Or do we draft yeah, a running back next I, year? I, I, I mean, Vaughn, Vaughn's okay. We drafted him before we even drafted Rashad White, and... I mean, he's been pretty underwhelming. Yeah, I but, agree. Yeah, Rashad White is him. He he has to be. I mean, we we drafted him last or two years ago, and he just has to be. Or yeah, last year he has to be the guy. I mean, we drafted him for a reason. And he has the intangibles. He has the speed. He has the strength, and he has the pass catching ability to be a really reliable running back in this league. And, and honestly, he stayed healthy. Yeah, He's been honestly, healthy. I, I wouldn't mind a second running back, a power running back coming in, someone like Deonta Foreman. I mean, I'm not saying him exactly, but a but player that like that. Yeah. Yeah. A player that can come in and get a load of the carries and just take the hits and get the, the short yardage gains that we need. Something that Rashad White isn't really accustomed to. Do you think that... I mean, we'll get back to the Bears game here in a second to our score predictions and more, you know, specific stat guesses here. And honestly, if I if I'm you out there listening, and if you're a better or a fan of the sport, I'm taking the over in this game. I think the Bucks can take like 28 points, maybe, maybe more. I mean, this could be a very like, and I'm not like shout out to Brandon, not trying to shit on your team, homie. Um, We're just speaking facts, but just based on what we saw week one. Um, their air defense, their, their pass defense is not there. Their pressure, I, it was supposed to be better. Everything was supposed to be yeah, better and, for the Bears. And the Packers and the Bucks are kind of on the same plane, I think, right now. Mm. So uh, I, that's why I see a high-scoring game. Low-key, though, both lost legendary quarterbacks, now kind of in that like stage of we don't want to rebuild, but we're kind of trying to compete. Mm-hmm. But our division's kind of like either shit or really competitive, whatever way you want to look at it. I actually think the Saints might do something this year. But that's my opinion. I think the Falcons are going to do something. I can see a playoff appearance from the Bucks right now. I mean... Overreactions. This is overreaction time. It's it's two weeks, but it's the second week. But yeah, right now, I mean, we look good. If we can come out of this game confident, what do you think... What do you think that the Bucks are going to be able to do this year? Just a broad question for you. I can see uh, not a dominant playoff uh, appearance, but we can make it. We can definitely make it. We can definitely beat out the Saints. We can beat out the Falcons. And we can beat out the, the Panthers. I mean, two young team, two teams with young quarterbacks, and then the Saints, they have Derek Carr. But we can beat the Saints once this year, and we can beat the yeah. other teams twice. Yeah, I agree with the fact that we can beat the, uh, the Panthers twice. No doubt they scored 10 points. They don't look in sync. Uh, the Falcons, that's going to be a stretch because they do have an explosive offense. Yeah. Desmond Ritter at helm. He went 15 of 18. He did what they needed him to do week one. Got a touchdown. But, I mean, it's, yeah. all on the, it's all on the ground for the Falcons. But you said it perfectly with the Saints. There is a rivalry there for sure. But I think that they got a lot worse this year. You know, I know they added Derek Carr, Jamal Williams, and they still have some of those old veterans there that are kind of glue pieces for that team. But, I mean, we saw some of their D-linemen get injured this past week. I just don't know what the Saints are going to be able to do competitively on defense this year. But I agree with you. I think that we could see a 
like an odd wild card push from That's Baker, amazing. like a, a weird appearance from the Bucks, and honestly, no one thought that they would. No one's expecting no. them to win any games this year. I mean, obviously some, but... That's why it would work so well, because these are the underdogs that you're not going to expect. Baker Mayfield, he's made the playoffs before. He's done it with a team... He's won a playoff game. He won a playoff game with the Browns. With the Deshaun Watson has yet to do that. I know he's only been there one year, but he... Like, come on. I mean... <laughs> yeah, and why can't he do it with the Bucks right now when they have a better... They have a good squad, a decent squad. That's what I'm saying. Although Baker is a average quarterback, subpar to average quarterback... He still has a good good receiving core around him, decent running back that has room to improve, and a solid defense that is going to put in the games that we need to win to make the playoffs. I agree with everything you just said, but I will say one thing regarding Baker. I know we probably talked about him a lot this episode, but I actually think, and I think you know, Jared Goff is the prime example of this with quarterbacks. You can take a quarterback... You can look at everything. I'm talking about their numbers, their stats, their wins, their losses, everything. And it still really won't tell you about the player. It won't tell you about the quarterback and what he's able to do for the team. Um, And obviously with Jared Goff, he's still getting better at 29. He's still getting better. Um, I, I think Baker has the upside to be above average. I really do. I think he's always had that up. I think he's, you know, at one point people were even calling for him to maybe be that next big thing. Mm-hmm. But not, not anymore. And I think he knows that. But what he can do and what he can do with this team especially on this one-year $5 million prove-it mm-hmm. deal that he's on is actually revitalize his career. And we, we saw it perfectly week one. This is something he wasn't able to do with the Panthers last year um, is actually go out there and, you know, play full-sound football. Mm-hmm. Win the game full-handedly, you know, even if it's down to the wire. If we see more inconsistency, I'm afraid he's going to be on that track of last year with the Panthers and the Rams. You know, we'll win some and lose horribly a lot. Uh, but I would rather, you know, obviously I'm hoping for success for any player, but, you know, I think they couldn't have started out better. They, they were supposed yeah, to get yeah. annihilated week one. Yep. They were supposed to get like 41 to 24 type shit. Now they won it. They're up 1-0. We know what the Bears are looking like. Yeah. It this looks is a, good right this, now. This this is looking better and better as it goes on, and you said it perfectly. You like the offense right now looks better than the Bears, and Justin Fields can't do it all on his own. Mm-hmm. We're seeing that more and more now. Joe Burrow can't do it on his own. Lamar Jackson, you know, he he didn't do it on his own, and Matt Wynn, he actually played terribly. So so and, did Jalen Hurts. Like what you're saying about I don't I'm gonna go back like to ba- like I think the intangibles like what you're talking about like what's not on paper what you can't see like yeah. you know his his yards. His, he has the grit, and he has what it takes to get this team to the playoffs. But I agree. Yeah, if we want to move on to the Bears, to the Bears, so the, the Bears game, which we touched up on a little bit. Obviously, you know, you know our thoughts on the Bears. You know our thoughts on the Bucks. What you don't probably know is the effect that Raymond James might play on the Bears. True. This is going to be a hot yes. kind of game. The Bears are, you know, the Chicago Bears. You're not used to fucking this humidity. This, you know, it says 95, but it's really 101 on the thermostat type shit. Yeah, um, and we can tell you from experience. I mean, we, we're in the Bay Area. It, it's hot. And playing in those full pads, that's the best uh, home field advantage we can get. The Bears, I mean, they're coming into our home with a rowdy 1-0 fueled fan base. I mean, we're going to be there and we're going to be loud. So Show out if you're a Tampa Bay Buccaneers please. fan. We need it. Show out for the boys. But, Brady, I did want to get your thoughts on, overall, what you think that our defense is going to be able to produce this game. 
Do you think we're going to manage the turnover game? Do you think it's going to come down to turnovers, or do you really think it's going to be uh, kind of like a one-sided I affair? Think, I, I think, yeah, a one-sided affair. I mean, if we can produce a shutout, that would be insane, and I think it's possible. I, I, I can see a 25% chance of a shutout, but I, I'd say less than, two touch, less than 14 points here for the Bears. I mean, there's they, not much production. I mean, we shut down one of the most explosive offenses in the league in week one. Justin Jefferson, the best receiver in the league. So what is Darnell Mooney going to do? I agree with that statement. We are out Carlton Davis, which honestly, as long as that defense is still kind of being run by Levante, mm-hmm. I'm okay. And Devin White too. I mean, And Antoine Winfield Jr. is still there, y'all. He's still a good player. True. He's still a good player. People sleep on him, bro. They sleep on him. Um, but I did want to, getting back to the question, do you think that our defense is going to be able to produce kind of what they were able to do, not saying to the full extent of that you know Super Bowl win uh, season with Tom Brady, but do you think that we'll actually be able to see maybe glimpses of some of our y- our rookies kind of oh, thriving yeah, definitely. here? Like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I want to see Yeah, that, this is the perfect game right here. You're against an offense that is probably one of the worst in the league, honestly, just because of their line and their lack of a rushing game. And their play call yeah, they're, is they're terrible. Yeah, their play calling and... I think I can see a big game from Kalijah Kansi here. And I did want to say this because you were talking about it. Um, the Bears, and the reason why we're sleeping on the Bears so heavily is because their home opener week one, they allowed the Green Bay Packers, a rival, to come into their house and put up 38 on them. 38 points. And they only put up 20. Justin Fields looked really rough. Uh, even with a clean pocket sometimes, man, when he rifled that shit to Quay Walker, it was not a good thing. I just did not like to see that because it's like, okay, we, we heard so much. We got a lot of the hype train, and not as much as the Lions, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that the Bears got that hype, but Justin Fields did. Everyone, like, like, don't get me wrong, people were shitting on Justin Fields, but not last year. That's when everyone just literally was like, okay, how do I ride said dick? How do I, you know? <laughs> and, and Fields train. Yeah, and, and it's happening, and it's been happening. But I guess my real question is, knowing that the Bears, sorry for that little cut there, but the Bears in my opinion, look incredibly lackluster on every front. Coming into Raymond James, we talked about the acclimate weather. Obviously, home field advantage for the Buccaneers. Always a decent crowd showing up to Raymond James. I really believe that the heat will play an effect in one of these northern teams. I mean, they're going to be fucking sweating their asses off. But in general, I think the Bucs can win this game. I'm going to give my score prediction here. Probably... I want to say 31 to, like, 14. Maybe, like, and if if the Bucks if they don't win outright, then it's going to be another close, gritty win. And if that's what the team is this year, I'm totally fine with watching that. That's fun football. But what are your thoughts on the scoreboard prediction? Yeah, I'm going to go similar to yours. Um, I'm going to go 31 to 10 here. I don't see the Bears picking up a lot of points this game. Touchdown, field goal, yeah. But yeah, I see four touchdowns out of the Bucks, mm. out of field goal. Maybe if we don't make it all the way down, but yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and give Baker three touchdowns here. Okay. Maybe one on the ground, but yeah, probably three in the air. Who's uh, who's catching three? Who's catching? The I three? think Godwin's gonna have one. Mike might have one or two, and mm. then maybe a little flick out to Rashad White or Otten or Keith, one of those guys. I mean, obviously he's gonna be one of those guys, but yeah. I'm gonna go. And then also, oh, yeah. yeah, my fourth touchdown, I, I say Rashad White is going to get a rushing touchdown this game. 
You guys met, you didn't go in the first game, a little yeah. drought, so uh, yeah, that's what I say. No, I agree. I I don't see any problem with that. Um, I, um, I'm i probably going to go Baker Mayfield, two touchdowns in the air, one's going to Godwin, one's going to Evans, um, and then we might try some trickery. So I'm going to say Trey Palmer gets a little rushing touchdown mm. on a little jet sweep or Old. something. Um, and then for, I guess, the fourth touchdown, I'll probably go with Rashad White as well. I think we, we can utilize just maybe him in the red zone a little more. I don't know if it's going to be rushing or receiving, so that'll dictate if Baker has two or three passing yeah, touchdowns. I'll switch my answer to Trey Palmer receiving touchdown. Because mm. I, I, I do really like this guy, and I haven't really t- talked about him a lot in this uh, episode, but, I mean, he's a great young guy. He had a great preseason. and good game, great season. Yeah, good game last game. Yeah, yeah, great game one, excuse me. That's a guy, that's a guy that has so much upside, a six-round pick, and... That's exactly what you want to see out of him. I, I think he can actually come in, and if Mike Evans doesn't renew his contract, which it's looking like it might not happen, he's a perfect guy to step in and be a number two receiver behind Godwin. I, I appreciate that, and I, I believe that. Even Rush was pointing out Trey Palmer in the preseason episodes. Uh, this guy has speed, raw running ability, like Amon Ra type shit. That's what I, I see. I, I think he could actually have the upside of a really, uh, a really good slot receiver, in my opinion. He's got that speed, bro. Mm-hmm. He just got. He's probably got to work on one thing, maybe just bulk up a little more. Yeah. But that, uh, that's not even a knock, mm-hmm. honestly. I mean, he's, he's. They're all fucking world-renowned athletes, mm-hmm. but um, just for his sake, obviously, those smaller receivers they can get injured a little True. easier than most, if you will. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think the Bears will. You know, we'll get two touchdowns, maybe, maybe seventeen points. I don't know. I just don't. I don't think that. Just, We're seeing what we should have I, seen. I can't see the Bears getting that much offensive production. Just because, I mean, we've been talking about it all episode. I mean, yeah, yeah. Just a lack of offensive firepower other than Justin Fields. And, and even with all the names they brought in, it just it didn't seem to equate to anything special. On the field, no. Yeah. And, and that's pretty alarming. And I, I like the first-round pick. I like, I, I mean, they traded their pick away. But I, I like grabbing a lineman. But still, I mean, you're going to need more. To, to be able to protect fields against these better defenses in the uh, NFC North. Yeah, I agree with that, but just the NFC in general is way grittier mm-hmm. on defense. They probably have just better defenses in the NFC, in my mm-hmm. opinion, um, because True. all the Western teams are kind of... Offensive-based. You know, West, uh, West Coast, you know? Yeah, West Coast offense, but they're also just like high-powered, high-scoring yeah. offenses that their defenses are bend don't break over there. And you can tell that... Um, I don't want to get too off track here, but you can tell that by the best teams in each division. I mean, the Eagles, hard-nosed defensive team, and the Chiefs are a high-flying, high firepower, firepower team. That I mean, and they, they both met. Touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. They met. yeah, that's why. I went, yeah, and and we got to hopefully see. I, I hope it's a change of pace, but it's looking like the Eagles are probably gonna, you know, maintain pace, and mm-hmm. they're starting out two and zero, and they look pretty fucking good on defense. I can't lie, Jalen yeah. Carter. Looks like a mess. We'll get into that game in a future episode. But Brady, thank you so much for hopping on this yes, Sunday. I love talking about the Bucks. I love talking about my team. Yeah, and you got to hop on. Maybe uh, we'll do. Maybe we'll do a post game for the Bears uh, game. Maybe All we'll right. do a post game episode. But if anything, uh, definitely make sure you, everyone out there is tuning in to the weekly recap yes. of the NFL weeks. Also, stay tuned to our YouTube. We yes, have a vlog coming out soon. Something new. Yes, maybe uh, exploring some. Uh, Tampa nightlife hockey game. Oh well, yeah, and shout out, like that. shout out to Richard. Yeah, shout out way. to our boy Richard. Uh, he made the USF hockey team 
we're really proud of our boy over here, and we're gonna have him on soon to talk about it. Uh, if you love, if you like hockey, I mean, we're gonna get an insight to uh, college hockey practice. I mean, kind of like just and the whole yeah. the whole game the, vibe yeah, too, the culture, bro. you know. And also like. You know, we'll, we'll probably wind up doing a whole ballad episode for for Richard, just to you know, so that everyone on the pod gets to know this guy. Very smart, good dude, very good guy. But uh, make sure you, everyone out there, like Brady said, you're following our YouTube or subscribe to it. It Time Reports. Make sure you're uh, you know following or at least you know interacting with us on our social media networks: Instagram, Twitter, now known as X, Threads, and TikTok at Tea Time Reports as well. All support is greatly appreciated. And if you have any constructive criticism, make sure you definitely you know email us. The email for the podcast is readily available, and you can DM us at all those uh, social media platforms as well. So greatly appreciated, everyone, for tuning into this Buccaneers Week 2 preview. Brady, thanks for hopping on. Yes, sir. And take care, everyone. Peace.